Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, we have a Mailbag Friday episode. Yeah, yeah, back at it with the Mailbag. It's been a minute since we've uh, done one of these, so we appreciate everybody's questions and look forward to answering them. Yeah, and as always, the mailbag is brought to you by Buffalo Wings and Rings in London, Kentucky, conveniently located right there off I-75. You're on the way up to Lexington. Uh, Stop in there for a great game day experience. If there's not a game, stop in for all the delicious food that they have, the wings, the chicken tenders, the salads, everything on that menu. That is Buffalo Wings and Rings in London, Kentucky. But, Derek, let's go ahead and dive right into the mailbag. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of questions about NIL and, you know, Governor Bashir signing that executive order yesterday that will allow student athletes in the state of Kentucky to earn money off their name, image, and likeness. It's, it's kind of, before we even get into that, it's kind of one of those things that I, it, it had to happen because when other states are doing it, you could see Kentucky was going to fall behind. Yeah, I thought I, I agree with you there. I think that's the main reason, you know, Kentucky had to avoid um, being at a recruiting disadvantage. I mean, that goes for, you know, the University of Kentucky and the University of Louisville. And, of course, any college in the state um, will be in a spot that kids can can make money uh, off endorsements, things like that. So it is a new era of college athletics that we're going to be entering, but probably one, honestly, that's quite a bit overdue. So uh, it'll be a new thing that we got to get used to and, and get used to. I mean, you already see it. I saw Marquand McCall this morning uh, tweeted about, yeah. you know, DMs being open, waiting for for places that, you know, want to endorse them. So some guys will be able to make a little, uh, little extra money doing this. And let's just jump right into that topic. So Second Take says, I'm seeing a lot of Jalen Duran buzz on Twitter from Kentucky fans. I know he's visiting this weekend and the NIL is going into effect. Is there anything else, though, or is it just wishful thinking, Derek? I mean, obviously, Jalen Duran. I've talked to you about this. The roster gets really crowded. You're, you're talking about moving people, different spots and things like that. But I said it a month ago, Jalen Duran is so good that you make a spot for him. And if he's willing to come to Kentucky, you don't say no at any point, even if it means Oscar Sheboy starts at the four and then you move people around. Uh, just I, I talked to you about it yesterday. I, I had a hard time believing it there for a while, but now that the announcement, L stuff is going into effect. It is working out perfectly with his visit that maybe that's Kentucky's pitch, but starting to have some confidence that the college route is the way it goes. Will it be Kentucky? Will it be Miami? I don't know. Yeah. I still kind of feel the same that I did when we previously uh, talked about Duran before NIL even went into effect. Like my thing was, I still think it's so hard to know how much money these guys are going to get. So to me, the main question would be, you know, if he's looking at a seven figure deal from one of the professional leagues, would, you know, six figures from a college, you know, what, what's he going to value more college experience or just the money? And I think that's something that he's not the way. I mean, maybe um, you could see, it sounds a little crazy to me to think that a kid can make a million dollars here in Lexington off endorsements, but maybe it's possible. I mean, I, I think this is so new. I did see Vince Tyree at Louisville, their AD, was mentioning that he could see guys making six figures, which obviously, I mean, making 100000 versus making a million is a big difference. So I don't really know how much these guys are going to make. But, I mean, I just think that if you have any desire to play in college, though, and have that kind of experience, if you're someone like him, I mean, I think you can easily bank on getting six figures. So is that enough that way? Um, 
just developing, not going to school and making a little bit more money from, from one of the professional leagues. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of where I stand on it still. And Nick asked, what do you think the NIL executive order will do for his recruitment? And th- that's the thing that we're kind of in new waters right now, right? We, this will be, yeah. it, it lines up perfectly though. Like getting this thing done right before he visits campus. I mean, it's a big deal. It's obviously going to, it helps Kentucky. It certainly doesn't hurt them, Derek. I mean, when you're talking a program that can promote and market and pay and all these things that you can do, like I keep thinking about all these guys that have played in the past, like how much money they would have made at Kentucky. Yeah. The the Devin Bookers, the Anthony Davis, all those guys. I mean, you could even go down and say the in-state kids, like a Dominique Hawkins or a Darius Miller. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good that it came at a time where – there, I mean, there's an executive order passed. Like, there's no more saying, okay, this is what's going to happen. Like, no, this has happened. And you know that when you come to UK, you can have these opportunities. I'm sure UK has, has quite the presentation ready um, for him on, on kind of how he could be used with this name, image, likeness, and, and how much, you know, he could stand to gain from doing that. So I think it'll be kind of up to UK to some extent to sell him on, on this being the best place for him for one year before he does go off to the NBA. So I think you'll know a lot more, um, you know, with this thing going into effect July 1. Of course, he won't be here. I mean, prior to that anyway, I'm sure he won't be here until August if he does come to Kentucky. So by the time he arrives in Lexington, if he does sign with Kentucky, I mean, it'll be there in place and he can go from there. Making sure I haven't missed anything else on this. Okay, uh, we have another one here. Says, could anyone redshirt or transfer if we were fortunate enough to get Duran? Also, if we did get him, when would he arrive on campus? I wonder if an especially late addition might be harmful to team chemistry, but I'm guessing his talent would be more would more than make up for it. Um, I could you see someone transferring that late? I mean, that's late. I mean, if you want to be eligible for next season, you got to go in by July first. Yeah. So at this point, no. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to leave. And and that's one of those things too that you know that Kentucky's actively recruiting this kid. Every guy on that roster knows it. They're going to be there this weekend when he's there. So you, you kind of go into it kind of with the feel of what's going to go on. As far as team chemistry, I don't think so. I don't think – I mean, Oscar Sheboy just arrived, you know, a few days ago. So I wouldn't be too concerned. I'd be more concerned if this happened in, like, August than if yeah. it happened now. Uh, but then he had a follow-up question, too. If we don't get Dern – Who's this team's backup center? Well, for one, it wouldn't be him, even if he if he does come. Or Shibuya, I think they would start together, honestly. Uh, so he asks, is where do we go to a small lineup with Toppin at the five? I'm not sure Toppin is even that much smaller than where. Maybe by the end of the year, Collins can hold his own at center, but it seems a ways off. I'm of the belief that early in the season, Derek, that Lance Ware is going to get those minutes. I think that Cal will go yeah. with him. Early. Give him a chance. Yeah. Give him, Give a, him chance. a chance to see if he can. Yeah. I think that, I think that's probably a, a good pick to think that, you know, you got to work Lance in there somewhere. He's a guy coming back, played some minutes for you last year. I think Cal liked um, the physicality that he brought. I mean, he played him a ton against Mississippi State in a game that UK's bigs just got shoved around all game. In terms of team chemistry, like, more of the, I, I think what you have to look for is like, do roles get shuffled? You know, would Keon Brooks still play the four? Like you said, you think Sheboy and Duran would start together. So are you just saying Keon wouldn't start, or are you saying Keon moves to the three? You know what I mean? Like that more than, and maybe that would fall under team chemistry. I always just think of you know how much guys like each other, how much they like playing with each other. 
to me, I'm just wondering what the roles would be because I, I don't know what they sold Keon on coming back and, and doing. Um, I, I've, I think a lot of us have thought that Keon will be the four next year, that Jacob Toppin would be a four next year. So you're in that weird spot, like like you said. You, there's no chance you're going to turn this kid down if he wants to come here. But uh, there are real ramifications to that, to how the other guys will be affected. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're talking Toppin and Keon that somebody – and those guys need to play, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Uh, then we had another one, too, from back to Final Four. Chances Duran comes to U.K., if you were UK, what would your pitch to Darren B versus G League other school option? I don't know chances. I don't want to put a number on it, but my pitch, Derek, would be this: This is new. Be the trendsetter here. You know, yeah. come to Kentucky. You know how much? Don't cap like you. You've capped out here. If the if the offer is a million dollars to go. What can you do, though, being the first one to do this? The first big star to say, hey, I'm going to choose college basketball over the G League. Be the trendsetter here. You know, do something and maybe show what this is. Maybe you're you're the guy that remembers, hey, that's the guy that made this much money that started this thing off NIL. That, that would be my uh, pitch to him. And then, two, just coming to Kentucky to a place like UK where you can – market yourself the fan base is absolutely going to buy in from day one the moment that if he does commit and sign this fan base is going to go absolutely nuts yeah i think my thing and this is what i think is really going to help kentucky a lot is like there are no pro sports in it's a good point kentucky there's nothing you're competing against at uk what you're competing against at uk is basically the other guys on your team right i mean other sports like you know that's the reality of this and i'm all for the name, image, likeness going into effect. I think guys should be able to make money. Uh, you know, dudes in college who are playing at the University of Kentucky should not be struggling to get by. And if you can profit off your own name. But, you know, the reality is not everyone is, you know, is going to make money from this or, or make a lot of money. Some guys will. And I think if you're pitching this to Duran, like I think, one, you market that side of it for sure, um, the endorsements, things like that. But, you know, you got to go back to the roots, I think. And, and the roots of UK under John Calipari is that they develop you quicker and get you more prepared for the NBA draft than any other college. And if you can make some, you know, six figures doing that here through these other endorsements, I, I think that's a really appealing option to uh, – and I know Kenny Payne's not here anymore and he had a big part to do with the bigs who developed. But um, you could still kind of follow on that lineage, though. And I, I do think that's a very appealing option if he is going to go the college route. I think so, too. And then going through DMs here, we have uh, – I missed – I'm pretty sure I missed this from Ryan on our last mailbag. I don't remember our, when our last mailbag was. I don't either. <laughs> it, it wasn't too long ago, I don't think. It was, in, it was within the last two weeks. But he asked – it was a follow-up for next mailbag. So he sent this on June 15th. So I know that we've not got to this one, have we? Mm. I the last episode really... for – it was June uh, – the last time that we recorded a mailbag was our 211th episode, and this is going to be 217. So, okay. So, it says pick a few transfers, you know, Grady, Wheeler, Frederick, or Oscar, and what keys or things do you suspect the staff is working with them on this offseason to fit into Cal's four out plan of attack? Also, defensively, what do we know about these guys defensively and how Cal might try to play? And then he put zone question mark with one of the, the goofy laughing emojis. That sounds uh, like a Sean Smith question to me. Well, it is, and it's it's a lot. And then he sent us too. We asked for some summer content, right? And he sent yeah, us some yeah. summer content that I'll I'll read off in just a second that we can get to. But as far as 
this four out plan of attack and stuff that we're talking about Keon, this is where I went into it with, with Duran when I was talking to you last night that I, I hope we see Keon primarily at the four because I think that's where he's going to be best. If you get Duran though, and you have Oscar Keon's going to have to play some three, same thing with Jacob Toppin. They'll have to, to get guys on the floor. But I think as far as what they're working on and stuff, Derek, I mean, when you're talking Grady and Frederick, I don't think there's a whole lot that you have to work on with those guys. I think that those guys, that position is kind of established two, three, same thing with Wheeler and what he's going to do. Oscar, you would love to see Oscar play some four and have that versatility. I, I think he can, obviously. I don't think he's just going to be a back-to-the-basket big and be a five. I think he's going to do some things. So I would I would say that they're working with Toppin and Keon and those guys more in a four-out look than they are their guards and their wings. Those The wings are going to absolutely transition to that perfectly fine if that's what they decide to do. As far as defensively, um, Grady – if you look at his steals num- still numbers over his career, Derek, I mean, he's he's active on the defensive end. I think he has the length to be a solid defender. And we know that Xavier Wheeler will get up in people and defend. And and I think at his height, to me, that would be his primary role defensively is kind of just be a ball hawk on defense. Just absolutely just uh, pressure the basketball and try to get, you know, try to speed up the opposing team and things like that and make plays. But as zone question – I could see them doing some zone with this team. I really could. I don't know how much he's going to do of it. He would, but he's not, I don't think he's going to primarily play zone, but I could see if they decide to, let's say they don't get Duran and then they're smaller, which means if Oscar goes into foul trouble and they, they, maybe it's not where, maybe it's Damien, something like that. I could see them playing some zone a few possessions. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, until the until the other team hits a three on the first uh, first possession, and then Cal goes straight back to man to man. <laughs> you're you're not. No, I, I think you summed that up very well. Yeah, and I hadn't, I didn't pay attention to it, or I would have probably put some more stuff together for it as far as Frederick and things like that. But I, I just don't see them having to do a lot with the perimeter guys to fit into a four out one and look more so the Toppins and the Keon Brooks. Where where do they fit? Fit obviously Jacob Toppins going to have to shoot the ball better. Keon's mm-hmm. going to have to shoot the ball better. That's where I think they're working. And then you've seen the highlight tapes that Kentucky's put out. What of the what are the two things you've been seeing? Dudes in transition dunking the ball and threes. So it there's something to it. And Jacob Toppin catching lobs off the side of the backboard and staying in the air long enough to dunk it on the other side of the goal. I mean, he's, he's an absolute freak. I'm Absolutely. gonna go ahead and 
I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. I think by the end of the year, he starts. That's bold. It's and, June 25th. I'm, I'm writing that down right now. And I think by the end of the year, he's going to play himself into being a draft pick. June 25th. Sean <laughs> Smith. Jacob Toppin will start and be a draft pick. Yep. We will revisit yeah. this one. See well, that's – and I'm saying draft pick. I'm not saying, like, first-round draft pick, but he'll put himself in – he'll be on a draft board somewhere. Like, I think he's going to be – yeah. I'm, I'm so impressed with him too, Derek, before we get into the next question. we I was there the first day we did interviews, first in-person interview since the Florida game in 2020. And then at some of the camps, his personality is one of the best you'll see. And it's it's a shame that we didn't get to see it last year because these guys were kind of just hidden behind the COVID wall, right? Like, we didn't get to see yeah. them at all. No, that personality, Kentucky fans are going to love him. Like, absolutely love him. Like, he's the perfect fit to me. And it, it's cool to see that with these guys. But uh, And then he had some topics, too, that we'll get into. He was talking, revisit any past recruitment, such as Trey Young, Jalen uh, Jalen Brown, others, and what you recall about UK missing out on getting those guys to campus. So that's some summer content. Maybe talk about that okay. on an episode. Oh, I, got uh, I appreciate it, Ryan. And then uh, the next question, let's move into a football one here. This one's from Ezra. Uh, I think we can all agree Steven Johnson was the best quarterback of the Stoops era. So with that being said, if we had Steven Johnson the year we went 10-3, and three, do you think the outcome of that season would be different, as in do you think we beat A&M, and the Tennessee game and Georgia game have different outcomes. I'll go ahead and tell you, I think they beat Texas A&M. Yeah, me too. That's the only one that I feel confident in saying. The Tennessee game was just a dumpster fire from the beginning, like all across. They didn't have they didn't have the energy and stuff there. And then Georgia was Georgia. I think it would have been difficult, but I'll, I'll give you the A&M game. Yeah, I, I think if you go back and watch the A&M game, it, it is unbelievable how poorly Kentucky moved the football at night. I mean – uh, credit to the defense, you know, Darius West scored the touchdown off that forced fumble to even send them to overtime. But that was about as bad of a performance as you can see. And I, I absolutely agree. Having someone like Steven Johnson, if you have any semblance of a passing game that night, you probably win that game. Yeah, I so, absolutely I agree. I agree with that 100%. And oh, then yeah. Well, I'm with you. Like, it's hard to go back and say, I don't think they would have beaten Georgia. So, I, I don't know. That Tennessee game was just – they. I don't think they cared. I don't think well, they were there. And then, now, here's the other thing, though. Had they won the A&M game, what kind of energy is around the team then? I mean, obviously, they were playing for a bigger bowl game than the yeah. Citrus Bowl. I mean, had yeah. they had they won the A&M game. So, I don't know. And then, too, you're, you're talking about a guy that would have been a leader there, but you had Josh Allen, you had Benny Snell. There was no reason for the letdown that they had as a team, but that, that was just a disaster that day. Yeah. It almost feels like to it balanced out. And I know we got some more questions to get to, but like that Missouri game, I think even the biggest of Kentucky fans have to realize how big of a break Kentucky caught that day to be able to win that game. I mean, you give credit on one sense that Kentucky's defense had the most unbelievable performance I've ever seen by holding Missouri without, <laughs> with, without a first down in the whole second half. So, like, it's not like UK didn't earn it. I don't want to say it that way, but, like, they had to catch a lot of breaks to win that day. And to get a free down and to convert, like, it was a win that you basically up to that point had never seen Kentucky win a game like that. At least I hadn't. So, uh, in some ways, I feel like it might have balanced out because 
you know, that Missouri game could have gone either way, and I think they got pretty fortunate to win it, whereas there's no question Kentucky was, was much better than Tennessee that year. I mean, they, they won double the amount of games that Tennessee won. I missed an NIL question that I, I want to get to, Derek, because Trey tagged you in this one as well. He said, now with NIL on the way, pick only two players from this coming up year's roster and what business they're promoting. Snake draft between the two of you. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, who's going to be the first business to kind of jump on this with these guys if we're talking basketball team? Are there rules for like, you know, Paul Miller Ford obviously has all of like the coaches out on their big window in Lexington. Like, are they still allowed to, I don't see why they wouldn't. Like if you're an official partner of UK, can you still get players on there? Who? That's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know maybe all that, these Maybe rules that's yet. something. Will, will Mitch talk about that? Possibly. Today, maybe. And here, here's the other thing too, you know, how I know KS Barr has had a lot of, conflict back and forth with uh, jmi over uk logos and stuff which which one's the first player to wear ks bar on something <laughs> you know, or promote i don't know because or something along those lines um i don't know I, I need to know more about it trey before we go into i think trey's actually asking this though as a funny question i think so too but i, I don't have any funny answers no i don't either and i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to ruin it i'm trying to think roster uh, I assume it means basketball. Yeah. Let me think on that. And by next episode, I'm going to be ready to answer something. I'll come up with something hopefully good, hopefully to make yeah. everybody laugh. Yeah. Let's, I was let's trying to think of one with Oscar. Something with like, I'm trying to think here. I'll think of one. Yeah. And then Walker, if Will Levis is good, how many games do you think Kentucky can win? If, if they get good quarterback play, Derek, I, I set it at 10 regular season wins before a bowl game, if it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I really looked at Georgia as the only game that I think, you know, just don't see UK winning it. I'm not saying it's likely that they win, you know, every other game. I think they're going to, you know, lose some others. But, like, if they have good quarterback play, I don't think – seriously, I don't think you go into any other game on the schedule thinking there's just no chance that you can win, if that's what the question's asking. So – you know, I'm certainly not picking Kentucky to go 11 and one, but like, I don't view LSU or Florida as just so good at this point. I mean, you know, we're still in June talking, but like, on paper going into this year, yeah, I don't, I don't look at them and think, hey, there's just no chance Kentucky can win this game. But, you know, we need to see this offense in action. I think everything is pretty much in place for Kentucky to be a good offense as long as it does get good quarterback play. It's true. I agree with that. And Nick had another question from earlier. There have been some new former four-star wide receivers enter the transfer portal. Will UK be in the mix for any? Yeah, I actually uh, talked to some people about this. I, I don't. I think it's just too late at this point for Kentucky to add any add anyone else to that wide receiver room. I think there was some interest in uh, reaching out to Dem Demetrius Robinson, who left Georgia. He's a former five-star guy. He's been in college a long time. He was uh, – he graduated high school the same year as, like, Landon Young and Drake Jackson. So, you know, those guys felt like they were at Kentucky forever. Well, Robinson is just as old as them. Uh, I believe there's a kid from Texas who went to the portal that I think there might have been some interest in, but that that's not going to work out either. So, um, yeah, to this point, like I said, the deadline is July 1st to, to be eligible for next year. I would be really surprised if uh, there's another water sea added to this roster. I think they're just going to have to go with, with what they have. And then we have a – 
DM from Oliver. Whom do you all see as the next likely commits in football and basketball? And then he has timing question mark. I mentioned basketball. I mean, obviously, Duren's visiting this weekend. So, like, if things – if Kentucky's in good shape there, Derek, I mean, that's probably the first guy if it goes well, right? But let's say it doesn't and then it becomes the the guys for 22. I, I've been high on Shaden Sharp and where Kentucky stands with him. Uh, you know, obviously, Derek Lively – released his top seven and stuff last night. But Sharp would be my pick for basketball if it's not Duran. And then on the football side, is there anything you see coming soon, possibly? Ryan Bear is an offensive lineman. He is from Ohio, and he has been uh, – I mean, I, I don't know. I think they could get him, but it kind of seems like there might be some – some Illinois buzz or I mean Michigan State had some buzz yesterday like I don't I don't know if there's a football guy who's just like a a, a lock to be the next commit yeah. um, they just offered two guys actually from Kentucky Caleb Perry a linebacker and then uh, Juwan Northington from Manuel uh, DuPont Manuel over in Louisville I think either of those guys which I think uh, Perry is taking a visit to Tennessee this weekend and he'll probably have to come back to UK so I don't think it might be soon but like Bear would be the guy in football but I'm not saying he is going to go to UK because I don't know that for sure Basketball, I'm about to, you know, go with what Ben Roberts told us in the pod. He was thinking, you know, maybe Shaden Sharp if he had to pick. So that's who I'll go with as well. Um, but yeah, obviously Duran, he's gonna have to make a decision before those guys if he's gonna be playing college basketball yeah. this year. Yeah. And Brandon said, and I took this as the games on the schedule for this year, Derek. He says, What in conference football game would fans be most hot for? So at first I was like, okay, are we just talking overall? conference but i'm gonna go with off the schedule this year is there one in conference that you think out of florida and all those that people maybe be might be the most hyped for you are saying that they're actually going to play this year yes that's how i'm taking it like yeah. it's on the schedule this year out of the sec games i think the way the schedule sets up florida could be the one that people yeah. really get the most hyped for i mean there's a there's a chance they're undefeated going into that game i think uh I don't know what percentage I would put it at, but, you know, the four games before that game, uh, you got two games that should be very easy against Louisiana Monroe and Chattanooga. And then you also have uh, Missouri and then at South Carolina. Uh, two Missouri's swing games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they should be. So I, I just think the way, and I'm going to say this more than once in the podcast, like if you're Kentucky nine years into the Mark Stoops era, you need to beat Shane Beamer in year one at South Carolina. And yeah, they've done sure. a good job beating South Carolina. Like they need to win that game. So I think at worst – They'll be three and one, and that still would represent a big game. But, yeah, I think there's a chance that that place could be really fired up for the Florida game. And I'll say LSU as well because they they don't come to Lexington often. I mean, 2007 was the last time they've been to Lexington. I think there will be a lot of buzz for that one as well, considering that they just a year or two removed from a national championship. I think that's kind of exciting. Oh, it is, as, yeah. As well. I mean, um, it would be like 2007 where those two teams were actually flipped. Uh, yeah. LSU came in here first, and then Florida came in. Like, if you beat Florida, the environment will be just as crazy for LSU. Uh, and it might be – it might still be crazy even if they lose to Florida. Like, I think fans are fired up for those games. But, yeah, I think with the way it sets up that early in the year, Florida – because if you beat Florida, you know, you go into that week thinking if they can find a way to beat Florida, then they're going to stay probably in the SEC East mix up until they play Georgia. And then second take had another question, too. It's basketball. Any updates on Davion Mintz? So I did check into this yesterday. I didn't get anything concrete, but there you have to know something very soon, right? The NBA draft and stuff, the deadline, the withdrawal, and everything coming up within the next couple of weeks. NIL coming out the perfect time. It's, it's, 
is he a kid that could make more money at Kentucky? But the professional route overseas, you could see more money being there. And then obviously longevity too, when it comes to that. But I think it comes down to more so, is it overseas or does he want to come back to Kentucky and get a normal year with NIL? I think he's a guy that can make some money. Yeah, dude, they just got so many players now. I, I don't know. I, we can dig into this on another episode, but at what point, like, are there too many guys, you know, like to keep happy? I, I've, I've kind of been in the camp that I don't think Mets is coming back. So I'm going to stick with that until I hear, you know, something firm to, to believe otherwise. I, I just don't think he's going to be on next year's team. It is hard to to imagine it. I mean, you're you're talking during mints and everything. Now there's room scholarship wise, but you're you're making a valid point there with and how Cal do you keep everybody carries, happy. He never carries that many scholarships either. No, and, and you've brought in so many transfers and stuff that have come to Kentucky thinking, hey, I'm gonna be in this spot, this spot. And then if Mints comes back, obviously it's gonna slide people. Or it yeah. might even slide him. I don't know. He he has to look at it from that standpoint. There's better players here now, or you know, guys that have have college experience. Uh, Tanner says way too early predictions for b-ball record this season Derek I, 31 regular season games it's gonna be a tough SEC it's gonna be a really tough non-conference schedule I like the veteran leadership Kentucky has I'm gonna put it at they don't lose they don't lose any more than seven to eight games so I'll say 24 and 7 23 and 8. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking they lose at least five. So that's like, as, I think at best in the regular season, 26 and five. And I think that would be a great year, honestly. I mean, I don't know. People get really uptight with like UK basketball thinking they have to win every game. But like to me, after how bad they were last year and with the schedule they play, if they go 26 five in the regular season, I think everybody would be very, very happy. Yeah. And um, too, with, with the schedule they have, even if they lose seven or eight. If there's good enough <laughs> wins, they could still be a top three seed. Yeah, yeah. You can see in there. And then uh, we have two quick ones here. Obviously, I'll save this one for last. Uh, from second take, another question. With the college football playoff potentially expanding to 12, do you think that this will keep Mark Stoops out of so many coaching rumors because Kentucky could realistically, realistically make a 12-team playoff? Also, could you see them making a 12-team team playoff in the near future, five to ten years? Eric, I think it's realistic. I mean, they were right there with it when they went to the Citrus Bowl a few years ago. Let's say they have another really good year this year and you finish somewhere near that 12. Does that keep him at Kentucky? Because it is doable if it goes to 12. Yeah, I don't know. I mean you- – that's a good point, though. You're talking about in 2018, I think they were 14th and Penn State was 12th. So, like, technically Penn State would have been in. But you talked about motivation like we were talking about earlier. Even if you lose to Georgia a few years ago, they were still in that top 12 when they went down to play Tennessee. Yeah. You, you would still be playing for a playoff chance at that point when you talk about motivation. So, I think it could change that way. But, yeah, like, I don't think it's – I mean, we've seen them, you know, finish in the top 12 at the end of the season in 2018. So, like, you know it is possible – so, I mean, I don't know if it's likely. You'd have to win nine or ten games, and, I mean, it's it's tough to do it in the SEC. But I don't know if it would keep him because I don't know that Kentucky – if Mark Stoops' goal is to win a national championship, I still think, you know, at this point, it's it's not really realistic to think that at Kentucky. But just getting to a playoff with 12 teams, yeah. I mean, again, not, that, not something I would say is likely, but it's certainly, you know, not impossible. So, uh, I do think it would maybe incentivize him a little bit more to, to – to potentially get UK to a playoff. I mean, you're talking about, you know, teams 
an SEC team and a 12 game schedule, you can make the playoff without having to get, you know, get to Atlanta yeah. or anything like that. So I do think it opens up a few more avenues. Yeah. The, the SEC is the league that I think that benefits from that the most. Oh, yeah. uh, and really quick here, we have two, two questions and I know we got to get on Mitch Barnhart's press conference. This one's from Adam. Does a straw have one hole or two, Derek? Two. I was going to say two because I, I thought of crawling in a pipe. And if I don't have another one to go out the other side, I'm going to have to back all the way out. So hopefully it has a second hole. Yeah. Uh, and then this one, I'm going to leave it to you. You have the floor with this to wrap us up and bring it home. Second take, will Kentucky have enough players to have a baseball team next season? What's the current outlook on the future of the baseball program? And what do you think it'll take to get back to the tournament? You have the floor, sir. I mean, the future outlook is dire. <laughs> I mean, it looks very bad. Uh, will they have enough players? Yeah. I mean, uh, they'll be able to get enough guys in there. You know, that's not really the question. The question is, are they going to be good enough to, to those, are those guys that are coming in going to be good enough to help them win? Um, I'll try to play it, you know, kind of down the middle a little bit more. The last time we talked about baseball, uh, Colton Kessler transferred a few days ago. He's not the last one. He's just not, there's going to be more guys who contributed to this program that are going to be gone. Um, I, no, I don't, I don't see, I don't see it being good at all next year for, for Kentucky baseball, just to be blunt. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Well, that wraps up a mailbag. As always, it's brought to you by Buffalo Wings and Rings in London, Kentucky. Excellent place that Derek and I both are planning to get out to for a recording for a mailbag episode. I know that's something I've talked to the owner there, mentioned it to Derek, and that's something that we're going to work on. We cannot wait till the fall, and we can maybe do some things around Lexington as well when it comes to mailbag and some other things. But this has been another exciting episode of Kentucky Daily. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time.